Welcome back to Read Talk. I'm your host, Whitney Godwin, and today we are coming at you with another alumni update. Today we're going to talk with Kat Rock, who is a production coordinator for NASCAR. Now, Kat has a really cool story, and I'm really excited to bring this to you guys. But I think the takeaway here is that media careers are not always linear. Kat started off in TV, but as a digital journalist, has found other ways to utilize her video and editing skills. So Kat, I just want to start by kind of talking about how you ended up at WVU and also would love to know if you always planned on being in journalism or if that's something that you found along the way. Um, I ended up at WVU. I started my freshman year. I went to Potomac State um, in Kaiser, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm originally from New York, so that too was kind of also a long way from home. But Mm -hmm. I knew WVU was the right place for me uh, because of the environment. Um, I remember when I visited, I was like, this feels like home. This feels right. The people are nice. Um, I love the small community. It wasn't a big city like I'm used to in New York, Um, but it was 30,000 students. So there was still a lot of space um, to fluctuate. Uh, So that's kind of what the Mountaineer vibe, I guess I would say, is kind of what really drew me um, to West Virginia. Um, I did not originally know I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, Mm -hmm. I started off as a business administration or business management Mm -hmm. um, major. And towards my sophomore year, um, I realized it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. There was an econ like 101, 102 class (laughs) that I could not pass. I took it the first time and then I took it the second time and got even worse grade than the first time. Um, I remember calling my mom and was like, I don't want to waste your money because if I can't pass this class on the second try, and this is an entry-level class, then I don't think this program is even for me. Uh Um, So unfortunately there for me, that was kind of a turning point for me to really focus and figure out, because I knew I wanted to graduate college. Um, Uh I knew I had no other path but to go to college and graduate college. So that was the time for me to really figure out what I wanted to do, um, what was going to make me happy, what was going to get me good grades, and at the end of the day, what wasn't going to waste my mom's money. Um, So uh, I went into my second semester as a sophomore as um, an undecided major. Um, So I had done a year and a half as a business major thinking that's what I was going to do and completely switched. Um, The good thing about becoming undecided though my sophomore year it gave me time to take more electives um, to really kind of find out what I wanted to do or where I fit in Um, so with that my sophomore year I took a journalism a theater class um, and I was like wait this is kind of interesting I might like this Um, so with that I spoke with Professor Dahlia I made an appointment and spoke with Professor Dahlia kind of just to learn about journalism, I was like, hey, what is this kind of all about? Like, I know yeah. I see people on the news, but I don't know much. And, and I used to, I like to write a lot. Um, mm-hmm. English was always my favorite uh, subject. I liked writing. I liked writing essays and papers. I was always okay with papers, but graded tests, always a little bit of a challenge for me. Yeah. So after sitting down with Professor Dahlia um, and touring the media college, Um, And after that semester in that uh, theater class, I was like, I think I'm ready to switch my major. I think next year I'm ready to switch my major. I took a look at the curriculum. 
um, and kind of tried to decide where I wanted to fit in, whether it was um, I wanted to do more of the print, more of the television, more of the PR. I at that point, I wasn't too sure, but I knew journalism was it for me. Yeah. Um, and of course, with Professor Dahlia kind of being the first person that <laughs> I think I spoke to at the J School, that really kind of led me, I think, more towards television because um, yeah. she's extremely passionate in her field and in that field and knowledgeable in that field in particular. Um, so I think talking to her, it definitely set the excitement for me, set the tone. So once you were kind of in in there, I think we have a lot of students, you know, like you, you kind of touched on this, but it can be a little overwhelming as far as the the options. Um, and, and, you know, we all know this once we get through it, that yeah. there are foundations in writing and, and just the multimedia skill set in general can be so um, helpful. But um, focusing in broadcast, you know, what did you, you kind of learn along the way that maybe you didn't realize about news before or um, misconceptions that you maybe had about news that kind of as you had classes you were like oh I, I never really thought of this. I think the misconception is that news or television news I guess I could say is on air that's one and done you're either on air or you don't do news yeah. um, and that's what I thought because and that's why I never thought I could be a journalist because I was like well, I would have to be on TV and I'm camera shy and it's not really for me. So when I got into uh, the program, but I remember walking in there and telling her, hey, I really want to do this, but I'm super nervous and I don't think being in front of the camera is for me. Mm-hmm. She was like, this is, this is, and you're in the right place. Um, you don't only have the option to be on camera, but being in this class, you can also learn. Um, yeah. So in her class, I definitely had the time to, I was a technical director, um, a reporter, and a producer, associate producer. Um, so those three positions allowed me to be behind the scenes during um, directing uh, or the production of um, WVU News. Uh, and then it also allowed me to go out in the streets and communicate with people, research, uh, build a new story as a reporter. Um, and then I also had, there was one episode, she was like, hey, Kat, you have a great story. And I, I, I would love you to be in front of the camera um, this week for an episode. Um, I was super nervous, but even that, that was a great experience. I was yeah. able to do that as well. Yeah, and to that point, you know, I do think people would be really surprised to learn how many people are actually behind the scenes versus how many people are on air. Um, And it actually, you know, TV, live sports, live news, live entertainment, whatever would not happen um, if we did not have all of those people behind the scenes. So I think that is a really good point. So when you were, you were in school here, you know, I know you got involved a little later with journalism, but were there any student orgs or student media that you were a part of? Um, or, or did you get involved in other ways outside of the classroom? Yeah, um, I was in uh, the NAACP um, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I also interned at a radio station, um, Power 909, um, which is a local cloud-based station in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked closely with them for a semester. Um, and then I also interned for a summer 
um, at a radio station in Atlanta. Um, and I think that's really when it solidified it for me that journalism was it. Um, that was an amazing opportunity that Eric Miner um, actually helped me get once I saw it was available. I was like, I really, really want this internship. I think <laughs> it will definitely put into perspective where I want to go with my career. Yeah. Um, so he helped me fill out the application and write my letter um, and was definitely a great hands-on uh, person to ask my questions to. Um, and that experience was eye-opening for me. So you graduated and, and you kind of started in, um, you had some, like you said, radio internships. Did you start in radio? Did you start in TV? Um, what, what did that job search process look like for you? Um, so when I graduated, for me, it was a little difficult at first. Um, I got a lot of offers from television stations. Mm -hmm. um, I started applying for producer and associate producer positions because I thought that's kind of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, as we all know, journalism is such a um, fluid uh, yeah. market. Um, so a lot of the stations that were interested in me and, and that I fit in weren't necessarily location-wise, kind of where I guess I wanted to be. Um, they were smaller markets, so they were smaller cities and quieter towns. And um, after being in West Virginia for four years, I was like, I think I'm kind of ready to get back to the city. But as we know, New York is the, I'm from New York. So New York is the number one market um, in right. television news. So it's extremely competitive and, and hard to get into. Um, so for me, moving, making the decision to not take a job opportunity um, straight out of college and moving back to New York instead was definitely challenging. Um, yeah. So from there, I actually started my first position in sales. Um, I worked with, uh, I got a position at Fox, um, WNYW in New York, but it was in sales as a traffic specialist. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's start here. Let's see where this leads. It's still with the station. It's a great station. Maybe I can move things around and, and just kind of see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. um, so after a, a little bit in that position, I realized that I actually wasn't using my skills that I learned in college. And I didn't want to lose those skills, mainly in interviewing and, and reporting and researching and um, just delivering content. I decided to start a, um, a blog and it was really, it, it was fru it's Frugal Adventures for Millennials. Yeah. Um, so I was working in New York City. Um, I was making your straight out of college salary. So I didn't have too much money, but I was like, I'm 22 years old. I want to experience being that age, being fresh out of college and just enjoying my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, why not do that and find frugal things to do while using the skills that I learned in college to put them together um, and showcase them? Uh, so that's kind of where my blog started off. And that's really when I was like, okay, well, now I'm ready to get back to journalism. I'm really ready to do this full time. Um, so after that position, I got into news with editing. I was an editor at News 12, um, which is a local station in New York. Um, it was a freelance position. It was a great position. Um, that's really where I realized 
how much I learned in college. Um, all my editing skills, all my Adobe skills, um, all my run, reading a rundown or learning the script skills, all those skills became necessary for this position. Um, so that's kind of where I got started, which was about a year after um, I graduated. Yeah, about a year after I graduated, that's when I actually got into a new position. Um, and then from there, I've kind of just been fluctuating. I, and then I um, became an assignment editor um, for another Fox station here in Charlotte. I moved down to Charlotte, which was an amazing opportunity just to see how a local news station is ran. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but I, I just noticed that news is very fast news is every day news is 24 hours and it could be a lot um sometimes yeah you always have to have your phone on it's very demanding you could get called in at any hour of the day it's very rewarding as well um Mm -hmm. knowing that people could come to me and say hey Kat I have this going on can you help Mm -hmm. and putting their story on air putting them with the producer and reporter means that they I can help them um so in terms of local community ties I love that aspect of working for the the demandingness of news of the 24 hours of it I was like I still want to stay in a role where I'm utilizing my skills um I'm editing I'm writing I'm researching uh so I ended up now where I am now with I work for NASCAR production um so we do a lot of shoots and um a lot of documentaries, anything you could think of NASCAR-based comes out of NASCAR production. Uh, we work closely with Fox and Netflix, um, NBC, creating docu-series, short films, features, uh, race coverage. So it, it's a great way to see the production mm-hmm. of something and, and be part of that's awesome. All of those things are awesome. I want to touch on a few things specifically. First, um, since we just kind of talked about that last, did you ever see yourself um, doing something like this, especially for NASCAR? Because I know that, you know, a lot of our students, like you said, you know, you went from news to this kind of cool position that you're in now, um, liking both of them. But but this one is a little more kind of like film, documentary based um, around a specific subject. And so it is a, d- a different vibe than news. Did you ever see yourself kind of making that transition? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I say no because I never really thought I would work in sports, uh, yeah. especially not NASCAR. Um, yeah. I don't know much. I didn't know much about the sport. So um, kind of I moved to Charlotte, uh, uh-huh. a base in Charlotte and uh, Daytona, Florida. Mm-hmm. So I definitely didn't sport. I didn't lean towards sports very much. Um, but I, the structure of the production, I did like. I always kind of wanted to work for um, a television show or a talk show. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so the specificness of the topic um, and the production, I knew I wanted, I enjoyed production. I definitely didn't know where I was going to end up or, or how it was going to play out. Uh, but NASCAR, I learned something new every day and not just about the sport production, about filming and editing and create the creative process behind how some of these 
films and documentaries and things are put together. It's so amazing to see some of these people work and, and sit in a room and talk about ideas and see it start from just paper to a whole production. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I, and just a whole other side of production too. There are so many sides to production even, you know, we yeah. talked about people maybe not understanding that production yeah. existed and then knowing there are so many sides to it. And the other thing I, I kind of want to get your opinion on, you know, obviously you're, you're from New York, so you have a little bit of a different perspective, I think on this, but we see a lot of students who, you know, do have that dream, you know, I want to, to live in, work in, in New York or LA or, you yeah. know, a, a larger city. City, where it is a, a harder market to break into because, you know, as you mentioned, New York is number one. Um, and then you also kind of uh, took a uh, leap of faith to, to go to Charlotte too. So, you know, we have students who are getting ready to graduate here. Um, you know, what advice do you have for them? Because I know that can be really kind of like a process where you're nervous, like I'm moving to a place that I've never lived, or, you know, I'm moving to a place where it's really hard to break into the market, but I am actively making this choice because this is what I want for myself at 22. How did you kind of talk yourself through both of those situations or what advice would you have for a student who is kind of on that same path? Um, I think my biggest thing would don't let anyone defer you from the path that feel is your path. With New York being a number one market, I heard it so often, like, it's going to be difficult for you. You might not make it. The top markets are hard. Um, yet, sometimes you have to take a position that you're, like I said, I started in sales. Um, I was in a position in sales for a year. Um, and I just had to find, and the avenue for me was creating a free content-based platform um, that was aside from my 40 hours a week, just so that I felt like I was still gearing towards my passion. Mm -hmm. um, so even though it's difficult and it seems like you're in a position that might not be where you want to be or, or, or um, it's just, it's not the right time, that still matters. It matters a lot. Um, a lot of people will still look at that and they, they'll still say, or they'll ask you like, I get a lot of times like, well, why were you ever a traffic coordinator if your passion is journalism? And I was like, you have to start somewhere. Um, as long as you keep your focus in terms of where you know where you want to be or where you want to end up, it just all comes with time and hard work. Uh, we mm -hmm. all have to start somewhere. Um, sometimes it's not exactly where we want to be, but it's for a bigger purpose. That's what I told myself. Um, moving to Charlotte was one of the hardest decisions that I had to make. Um, I had no friends, no family. I didn't really know anybody. Um, I came down here on a whim. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't even employed when I first moved to Charlotte um, because I was like, I don't know what this new avenue is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't even know where I might be able to get a job. But I said that Charlotte is, is somewhere I want to be. Um, so I moved down here and I, I kind of just started putting my foot in certain doors and started talking to certain people, applying for any and every position. Um, I was like, I'm going to start somewhere. Um, so with that motivation that ended me at Fox for two years, which was one of the greatest learning experiences of my life mm -hmm. uh, in journalism. So 
it's really just taking that leap of faith and keeping in mind that your goals are going to happen. You just have to keep working towards them. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I also love um, that you were talking about, you know, sometimes you you might have to take a job that you didn't think you were going to be in um, to get to where you want to be. And I think there's such value in that. It, it teaches, you know, not only some skills that you might pick up while you're in that job, but it really just teaches you patience and perseverance and yeah. um, skills that you can kind of tap into later on for sure. So your, your job now, um, what does that, what does a shoot look like for you? You were kind of talking about, you know, some of the production, what, what does that look like? Um, maybe on, you might not have typical days, but, um, just as an example, so that our listeners can kind of understand what you're doing. Yeah. So for me, um, as a productions coordinator, a shoot day is not a typical day. Um, my typical day is usually kind of filled with meetings, creative calls, um, emails, mm-hmm. kind of things like that, um, phone calls, a lot of conversations. Once a project comes across, it's, it's like, okay, now let's, let's start chatting. Uh, a shoot day is long. <laughs> it's busy. <laughs> it could be a whole lot. It, it could be a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. So for example, today I'm on a shoot. Uh, I started, the doors opened at, I believe, 7 a.m. I got here around 8. Um, and it's pretty much just various shots of whatever the client wants, whatever the project is. Um, uh-huh. So, for example, uh, this shoot specifically um, is geared towards the next generation NASCARs, um, cars that are being released. Um, from Mm -hmm. Toyota, Chevy, and Ford. Um, So they're just taking some shots. This has been a month-long project. This is just one shoot for this project. Um, But today they're just taking some pictures and videos and audio um, of the cars itself. Mm -hmm. Um, A shoot can be with talent. Um, So there's a last week or two weeks ago, I think I was on a shoot, um with two different talents and they did um a like funny commercial competition kind of thing Mm -hmm. um we had the cars there uh ends up it's fun it's a lot shoots can be a lot of fun but they are super long days oh yeah um they're usually there from like 6 7 a.m uh about five six o'clock in the afternoon you get to see a lot there's a director um there's there's usually one or two cameras um maybe even more there's audio um there's engineers there's there's so many parts that play a role in a shoot and even now with with covid and and having to limit the amount of Mm -hmm. people on site one big thing about shoots here at nascar um is zoom so there will be a shoot that has maybe about 10 people there, but then there will be a Zoom call that has 15 different creatives on the other end, mm-hmm. um, throwing out suggestions. But it, like, this is what we're gearing towards. Can we switch this? Can we change that? Can we get this shot? It's definitely a process. It can take some time. Um, I think the creative process itself can take some time. And I think NASCAR and being in productions in this role has has taught me that um, because news is fast-paced. News is every day. What mattered 10 minutes ago might not matter in the next 10 minutes. Um, 
Um, yeah. That's how quick turning uh, news is. Uh, but with production, things can fluently change the same way, um, but there's a lot more creativity behind it in terms of we can send a client a complete package of footage. This is what you want. We edit it. We send it back. We did more edits, revisions. And the day before it airs, they can say, hey, well, there's this scene that we just thought about last night and we want it in. And that's how quickly, yeah. creatively things can, <laughs> can change. Yeah. Um, but it makes you stay on your toes. It makes you think on your toes. Um, every detail matters. Um, I, I'll be on a shoot with Windex wiping down a car, making sure there's no hand or fingerprints um, in the shot. Um, so it, it, little things matter. Yeah, I have always been fascinated by the creative process. I think, you know, when you are working in news or even when you're working in live sports, as opposed to kind of maybe that production side of it, it, it it really is just about getting all the information in um, and, and the creative process is so different um, and people are so talented in that side of the industry. Not that they're not in news or other industries, but um, like you said, it is so amazing to listen to some of the ideas um, that are thrown out on that side of the house. Um, I've always really enjoyed um, working with creatives. So that's really cool that you're having that experience. And I, I like your point that, you know, not every shoot is the same not every day is the same um which keeps it a little mixed up for you um while maybe tiring um also yeah. opens up some other opportunities so i thank you for sharing that with us i wanted to say i noticed with news one thing that i actually recently noticed i was extremely structured um the way uh -huh. that my day went every day was pretty much the same the only thing that kind of changed were the stories of course yeah. Um, but in terms of the editorial meeting every morning and every afternoon, um, the time the news is going to air, the shows, those were all typically the same. Um, the way, just the fluctuation of my day was uh, pretty steady uh, yeah. and organized. And then I came over to production and I'm like, and they're just like, nope, everything is just fluid. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's a little hard to stay organized and, and, and figure out what's next because things are so ever-changing. Yeah. Um, but it's great to be able to think on your feet and to move that pace, um, which news, news offers too, especially with like breaking news. And that's like a, that's a good mix of skills um, too. And so I think that, you know, you mentioned this, but like that's where some of those reporting or new skills come in is you can adjust with that. <laughs> Um, but then there's also kind of that, that adjustment period with the creative side, you know, what, what advice would you have for, um, students, um, both students coming to college, um, looking at working in journalism and for our current students who are maybe getting to graduate and, and go out into that first job, um, in journalism? Um, I would say for students coming in, uh, internship, 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 I wish I did a lot more. Uh, my two internships in community, uh, excuse me, in radio were awesome, but mm -hmm. I wish that I focused like every summer, I dedicated every summer to a new internship. Um, and also with news being so location-based, 
um, if you want to take an internship in Canada or want to see what news is like in Canada, do your research and go for it. For me, Atlanta was a big city. I was like, I might want to live in Atlanta after I graduated. Mm -hmm. So that was a big reason why I started doing my research and finding different internship opportunities in Atlanta. Um, I went down there for the summer and was like, I will never live in Atlanta. This is not for me. It's too hot. It's too overpopulated. It just, it was not, but my internship was a great opportunity. Internships and and fellowships and things of that nature definitely give you a hands-on perspective of Mm -hmm. location and position. And I think for me, one of the things was I always like, well, what would it be like working for a super big network or a super big station? Like I've I've worked for Fox, um, I've Mm -hmm. worked for Spectrum, uh, so which are are pretty big stations. Mm -hmm. And I can say, you'll see the difference as it is. These stations offer so many internships that I also wasn't very aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, also because I started my journalism career a little late um, yes. in college. But if I did start earlier and, and knew of these, these bigger companies and avenues that um, I know a lot of the students, at least I was looking at like, oh, I would love to work for Netflix. Netflix offers so many internships mm-hmm. um, that aren't just your generic go grab coffee kind of internship. Even at Fox, when I saw some of the interns that came in, like, when I say they, you follow. Um, <laughs> our interns would be right there in the car with the reporter, breaking news, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, some of them even reported. I remember we had one intern, she was amazing. And mm-hmm. she was like, I really want to see how it is on, on air. And um, our EP was like, you're good, go for it. Um, and I'm pretty sure when she got that internship, she never thought that she would be on air in a top 22 market before she got it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So seeing things like that, I tell people, take every opportunity that you And a lot of times it sucks because they're unpaid and you're in a new city or a new place and don't know anyone. Um, that was the biggest thing with me in Atlanta. But I was, I was like, I, I wouldn't have changed the opportunity for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say coming out, just be flux, be fluid, be flexible, be, be open to new, new changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best time, like I said, to, to really see what you want to do and, and um, explore new avenues and fields is in undergrad through internship. This way, when you graduate, you know, hey, even if I'm not getting the position that I want, I'm in the city that I want. Or mm-hmm. um, even if I'm not in the city that I want, I'm in the position that can land me there. One thing that I noticed, every move that I made from the time that I entered college to right now, I'm, I'm getting my master's in public relations, determining where I end up in the future. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned location too, because I, I think that's sometimes something that people miss. Um, you know, we talk a lot about job fit and, you know, how internships are really helpful to finding, you know, what you want to do in the journalism path. And, and they really are. But I, I do think there is a lot of merit to what you said about, 
you know, if you think you want to work in, in a big city, why don't you intern there? Um, because like, like you, we've had a few students say, you know, oh, I, I thought I wanted to live in DC or I thought I wanted to live in New York when I were LA. Um, and I had an internship there and my internship was great. I loved what I did, but city life is maybe not for me or that big of a city is not for me. Um, so I'm really glad that you touched on that because I think, uh, you know, location is just as important to your, your happiness and your well-being as your career choice. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that up. I think the biggest thing is, aside from internships, um, is utilizing the assets available um, through the university mm -hmm. and through just simply being an undergrad. I, I think also because I started my career path or in journalism so late mm -hmm. um, in my undergrad career, I didn't know some of the opportunities that were available to me or, or that were available to students. Um, but they're out there. Um, all these opportunities are out there. Um, all this extra help, um, mm -hmm. all these individuals that have your best interests at heart and want to see your growth, they're out there. Um, so I know some students, it's not always like for me, I'm a first generation um, college graduate. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have my mom to lean on to say, well, what should I do or how does college work? For me, the guidance came with my professors. Um, and the J school is a great place to like, talk to your teachers, be open, be honest with them. Um, tell them what you like, what you don't want. Like when I went to Professor Dahlia and I started crying because she almost put me on air. She was like, Kat, you are, you're, you're perfect for this. Um, you, you just, you have to work at it though. Um, and I think that's some of the best advice, like be, just being able to speak to them and tell them like, hey, this is where I want to go. Or these are some of the ideas that I have. Um, how do I even make them happen? Where do I start? What, if you want to work in LA, go to a professor, go to a guidance counselor, go to um, even other students. Um, we had a podcast at one point in, when I was in undergrad and we called it those four journalism students. Um, mm -hmm. It was four of us, um, two of us in TVJ. Um, one was in uh, public relations mm -hmm. and the other was in photography. Um, so we took all our skills together and kind of made a journalism podcast and say, hey, we should all be able to provide something to this. <laughs> so just use it, utilizing the resources available um, is super important, even after graduating. Um, recently, I reached out to uh, Eric Miner and I was like, hey, Eric, how's everything going? Um, I just wanted to update you and let you know kind of where I'm going during my job searches. If I, I'm like, hey, do you know of any opportunities? Because even after you graduate, these are the people that are still going to be there for you mm -hmm. and still going to be rooting for you. Um, and I think that was also one of the biggest, that's the community factor of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Eric is great. I could take Eric's praises forever too. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners, I will be sure to include Eric's uh, contact info in our show notes um, so that if you do have questions, just to echo what Kat said, please reach out to him. Um, he's a great resource. I am happy to help you. And I'm sure that Kat would be happy to connect with yes. you as well um, if you have questions regarding her journey um, because she has done some really incredible 
incredible things um, and is continuing to do incredible things. Congratulations on being in grad school. Thank you so much for your time today. Like I said, we know you're so busy um, and you totally did not have to join us on shoot day, but I really appreciate you taking time to do that um, and hearing more about what you're doing and the advice that you have for our students. Um, and I just can't thank you enough for, for giving back to us in this way. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Um, I'm, I'm super happy that you guys gave me this platform and allowed me this opportunity. If you'd like to connect with Kat, please let me know. I would be happy to connect you. You can send me an email at wgodwin, G-O-D-W-I-N, at mail.wvu.edu, or you can find her on LinkedIn. That's going to do it for this episode of Read Talk. Stay tuned for next time.